Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Welcome to the Money Men edition of the 28th of April 2022. Steve May here with Luke Styles. How are you, Luke? Good, Steve. Time's flying. It is flying. Nearly Christmas again. Yep. Um, general advice warning. Yes. This is general advice. Don't uh, take it personally. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, don't, don't use it uh, without getting advice of your own from an um, established uh, you know, financial planner mm. or doing plenty of research of your own. Yep. All right. Good advice, uh, Steve. Yes. So it has been a couple of weeks. What have the markets done over the last two weeks, Luke? Um, um, well, I, I, did, I did a quick little look uh, before we started, and mm-hmm. um, Australian market over the fortnight's down basically 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, US S&P 500 mm-hmm. down uh, just under 6% mm-hmm. for the fortnight. Wow. Now, bearing in mind, I, I did the fortnight from the 13th for oh, them okay. and the 14th mm-hmm. for, yeah. for, the Austra- for the Australian mm-hmm. market yeah. because they haven't opened yet, so... Yep. Just to get a fair picture. Fair enough. All right. And you could, uh, yeah, you could manipulate those numbers any way you like because you could use intraday trading figures or end so of day true. or whatever. Yep. But, um, but yeah, yep. broadly speaking, over the last fortnight, the trend has been down, hasn't it? Um, Absolutely. And lots of doom and gloom in the media about but all sorts of stuff. What do you think those two markets have done for the last 12 months on a calendar basis up to the 31st of March? You're going to have to tell me that. Okay, all right. Well, I've got the Australian yeah. for the 12 month period to the 31st of March. I know, I know we're in April, but mm. most of the reporting doesn't go to that period for mm. total returns. Mm. Um, 15.21% mm-hmm. for this for the Aussie, yep. and 15.65% for the S&P 500. So US market. So it's a longer term that you're you're always um, looking at, aren't you? When you're looking at share market investing, um, right. you know, you're generally speaking, generally you are, speaking, yep. yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just interesting little little um. Mm-hmm. Little yeah. sort of thing to keep it all in perspective. Still continuing news or stories that uh, the property market is seeming to soften um, on, mm-hmm. on the back of um, contemplated interest rate rises mm-hmm. and things like that. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that shortly. Um, but yeah, it's a yeah pretty tumultuous world at the moment, isn't it? As you know, it always is. Yeah. Um, and when when you're in the midst of such turmoil, it always seems as though there's never been any other turmoil worse before yep. you know so but there has been you know there there has always been another period of turmoil and um and extreme volatility yep that's yeah mm. that's exactly right so, yeah. we're, so we're, we're living it and breathing it at the moment mm-hmm. and you know um good what a, what would a good financial plan do well it'll, it'd be an all-weather plan to mm-hmm. sort of take all all sort of circumstances that, that are going to come their way mm-hmm and as we always say, if you're invested in good quality assets, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Yep. What are we covering today? We're covering inflation, mm-hmm. and it's rearing rearing its head. All right, you've written that in these notes here. Have it, I? it rears its head again. <laughs> so, so we're going to help understand, help you understand um, what's going on with inflation and why it's rearing its head. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about um, the disadvantages and maybe some advantages, who knows, of owning shares directly yep. rather than, I guess, what, through a managed fund or a more managed environment. Yep. Yep. And you're going to have a talk about the Commonwealth 
Banks' new green loans. Yeah. I'm just getting a bit of a sense that you're not, not thinking that Commonwealth Bank is really being a nice corporate citizen at all. Uh, I think the offer is a little bit disingenuous, mm-hmm. probably. Okay. You know, at, at, the risk, at, the, at the risk of being sued, but, you know, yeah. happy to talk about it and remember it's my own, absolutely my own opinion on, mm. on the product that's on offer. Mm. Um, but, yeah, let's get stuck in. I think whilst we're talking about mm. it, um, inflation, um, then, um, you know, basically we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about interest rates and that sort of thing as well. And as in, mm-hmm. well, I forgot to, yeah, what, what else has happened in the last two weeks? Um, you know, an election campaign in Australia is well on its merry way. Yes, um, good point. And You'd be lot- forgiven for not taking much interest or notice mm-hmm. to either, either, either side of the aisle. You would be forgiven. Um, but, you know, it's in, I always like, watching election campaigns because there's just so much rubbish that is spewed out mm. and, you know, you've got deflections and you've got, you know, media personalities pretending they're hard, hard-line journalists and asking the hard questions yep. and and getting off on that. It's just it's really quite funny. It is a, it is a mm. funny sort of show. Mm. Yeah, it is a show. It is a show. Not quite the show that you'd see in the United States, but, um, you know, ScoMo and Albo, um, they're... They're, they're, they're going hard at it. They're, they're contenders, that's for sure. <laughs> and then you got the, um, you know, the, the Greens and the Independents snapping around, and you know, it's very, it's very, it's, very interesting. Yeah. I think for most, unfortunately for most Australians, I think the reality is, you know, it's almost like picking the best of a bad bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> with the political political scene going yeah. on. I think there's a fair element of, uh, you know, quite a few Australians who really don't care. Yeah, you know who. As long as they can get on with their life, voting is just uh, another thing they have to do, and they'll they'll vote for someone. Mm-hmm. Re- they don't really feel that it will affect their lives that much. That, that's just, what I'm sensing. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. All right. All right. Okay. Inflation. Right. Oh, you you start off on Rearing inflation. Your head. Yeah. 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 So uh, you know, if you heard the big scary headlines um, over the last couple of days, um, you, you might have seen that inflation has surged to five point one percent. Um, annualised um, and and as a result of that uh, the Reserve Bank needs to potentially contain increasing costs in the economy mm-hmm. by potentially increasing interest rates. Now So can I go back a sec? Mm-hmm. Um, for those out there who don't know, and everyone, we always hear the word inflation, mm-hmm. but what actually is it? It's an increasing cost of goods. Now it's a basket of goods that yeah. are determined what that what that increase is. So mm. the Australian Bureau of Statistics grab those that basket of goods. Um, you know things like fuel, food, new housing. They're mm-hmm. all in there. Yeah. Um, they they you know collect it. They collect that data um, and then punch it in and make a comparison compared to where that data was. You know in a previous quarter. Yeah. Um, so, so, so to so, get a gauge of what yeah. the cost of living is doing. Yeah. So. Is it that the value of your money is lower because not buying as much? Is that, is that pretty pr- much what it is? A, pr- that's mm. a pretty succinct summary mm. um, that every dollar that you have mm. buys a little bit less because mm-hmm. everything is a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Um, in this instance, and I think probably driven by the headlines, it's not a little bit more expensive. It mm. is more expensive. Mm. And from the headlines and from the actual data, it's, I think it was the largest quarterly increase since the 2000s mm-hmm. um, and the large annualised increase since 2009, I, from my understanding. Yep. Um, so, what, so what can cause inflation? Um, 
spending. spending. So, <laughs> so what's happened over the last couple of years in, in Australia and the world, governments have been basically printing money, haven't mm-hmm. they? All right, so that's putting more money in, into the economy to be spent. Right, is it put that yeah, it's a reasonable, yeah. absolute yeah. reasonable um, yeah. um, statement. So, so more people and businesses are buying mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be fair. Yep. Um, and because there's more people buying stuff, um, it is, is would it be quite possible that the cost of that stuff goes up because of demand there? Yep. Is that, that's what it, how it works? That's yeah. pure, yeah. I mean, so, are you about to tell me you're an economist? So one... <laughs> So, so one of the causes or contributors to inflation is, in fact, monetary policy, yep. isn't it? So, you know, in Australia, there's been lots of incentives and money ploughed in, yep. you know, for, to enable businesses to stay afloat yep. and, well, and and people to keep their jobs. Yep. Otherwise known as, you know, virtually, you know, the supply of cash yep. has has increased. Yeah, and that's been spent. Yep, um, which is what it was designed to do. Yep. Um, and then it's all—it's almost a given, um, you know, in those circumstances that we've had, that we'll, we'll come to a point of high inflation. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. because there's been stimulus of dollars for mm. a lot of years, and and not and not just due to COVID nineteen, um, mm-hmm. the pandemic. You know what what has been a compounding factor in there is potentially. COVID nineteen disrupting supply chains, yeah, so and, that, so, and, and so that's contributor, another contributor. Yeah, yeah, another contributor. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, more immediately is a war mm. uh, in Europe, yeah. um, putting, causing disruption, yeah. causing, mm. causing again disruption, um, which is all flowing through. So they, you know, hey, things are getting more expensive, and you know, I would say they have been for quite a while, and mm. it doesn't, say, you know, it's not. I don't know that it's a big surprise headline. Um, that things are getting more expensive. There is more money out there, mm. and as a consequence, price of goods are generally going up. Yeah. Um, the thing that the last quarter doesn't take into account, well, we've had some pretty sharp increases in fuel prices. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I should say that the headline inflation rate does, mm-hmm. but the adjusted inflation rate, um, once you sort of um, take some of these anomalies out, which the Reserve Bank and the and the, and the Australian Bureau of Statistics actually look at. Mm. When you take the anomalies out, I think it's down to three point seven percent. Now, the Reserve Bank's guide is between two and three percent, so mm-hmm. they don't want inflation on an annualised basis to be exceeding that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit above that mm-hmm. as it, as it stands at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's outside of their guide. Um, a lot of people have said, "Hey, um, Reserve Bank, you've been." Too slow to move. Mm. You've you've not done enough. Um, you haven't predicted this. Hold on a minute. Take a step back. Mm. Reserve Bank's job isn't to make predictions. Mm. The the Reserve Bank's job is to make amendments to monetary policy based on the information they they mm. have at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we we can shift the blame. Ultimately, if you want to shift blame for all these uh, high high and increased goods pricing mm. goods, you could probably point it pretty much towards politicians over the last 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. because they've ploughed money into economies mm-hmm. globally and, you know, as a result, everyone's got more money and put pressure on the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> most, most recently, the, the COVID issue, isn't it? You yeah. Know, so well, hey, COVID. we can blame, mm-hmm. love a poly, blame COVID, love a, yeah. love a poly blame. Mm. It's great. The inflation um, headline at the moment is great for the media because it's bad news and it's right in the middle of an election campaign. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. You know, they, they mm-hmm. love it. Um, 
you know so and what's gonna you know it's all that what's gonna happen next yeah. um, language so, so you before I rudely interrupted you earlier mm-hmm. and asked you to go back a bit and talk about what it actually is inflation um, you were talking about one of the levers that the um, that the Reserve Bank has mm-hmm. to try to pull that um, yeah, yeah. that up and, yep. and what is that again um, the interest utilising the interest rate yeah, yeah. or central cash rate so yeah. so which which you know in lay terms basically they they utilise the cost of borrowing they basically push on the cost of borrowing to most most banking institutions in Australia mm-hmm. as a consequence that that increase is pushed onto you the end user yeah. um, that sort of is designed to stifle your um, appetite to spend yep. so, um, yeah so if they if the if they put up uh, interest rates, um, mm-hmm. then the banks will follow, of course, and, and put up their home loan rates. Yep. And commercial lending rates yep. to businesses, etc. Yep. So uh, I guess it then follows that if you know the family that was previously paying a thousand dollars for a, a month mm-hmm. in mortgage payments mm-hmm. is now paying twelve hundred a month in mortgage payments. Yeah. They've got two hundred dollars less to spend elsewhere. Yep, that's so exactly they will right. be less inclined to spend it. Yep. Okay, so, so then that so, slows down demand. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a bit of a economic prediction. Ooh, go for I'm it. I'm not an economist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> full disclosure. There's been big chat for the last sort of 12, 24 months around how much Australians and generally throughout the world, um, you know, consumers have been able to save. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's cashed up out yep. of, off the back of, you know, the COVID pandemic. Now, well, I mean, personally, I don't feel cashed up, but apparently everyone else is, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Yep. I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you've got an increase, a temporary increase in your, you know, fixed costs like your mortgage repayments mm-hmm. um, but you've got cash in the bank is it definitely it's not necessarily going to stifle your immediate expenditure is it like you might you may actually still go out and spend for the next sort of you know 12 to 24 months because yeah. you've got the cash there mm-hmm. that you otherwise didn't so didn't, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's playing I don't know if that's I guess all I'm saying is I'm not sure that it, this this potential interest rate increase that's coming mm. um, and has happened around the world in other places at the moment um, is going to actually stifle the, um, the yeah. and, you know, the yeah. demand. And again, no one has a crystal ball on this, so no, no one knows. So that's, that's your exactly prediction. Right. Could it be enough that people are scared and 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 you know, um, scared out of spending? You know, Do you, you know, they, which yeah, is they, which yeah. is often you know to that point. Mm. It's often that's the psycholog- It's the psychological play, not mm. the rational play when it mm. comes to money. Mm. That that tend to sort of you know tilt the needle mm. um so uh, we'll move the needle more mm. um mm. lack of a better better term um so yeah no I, yeah it'd be just interesting to see how things play out but there's big talk about a may interest rate increase yep so what's uh, the current official interest rate it's point oh, uh, uh, i'm joking 25 uh, basis points ask, um ask, ask yeah um yeah um, can i actually just find a friend let find a friend okay is it 25? I think it's 25 basis. Uh, Point 0.1, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've lucky got it not, wrong. Lucky, lucky Have not you a, got it written down? No, no. Lucky you're not a politician, though. Um, I thought it was... <laughs> yeah. We're talking so, about a 25 basis point increase. Yeah, 25 basis point increase is what's, what's been talked the com- about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's 0.1%. So we talk about bank interest rates and how, you know, it's horrendous that they're potentially going to go up by a quarter of a percent or a little bit more, mm-hmm, depending mm-hmm. on what the banks put them up by each mm-hmm. move. Um but gee, what a what a 
variable interest rates at the moment. They're pretty low, aren't they? Two, two, two and a half. Yeah. Two point yeah. seven five. What were they? Do you think? You know, two and a bit years ago, before three and a half percent uh, over four. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. Um, and you know, a year before that, they were over five. Yep. Um, you know, go yep. back a year prior to that, and they were close to six. Yep. Um, so you know, it's possibly that it's maybe if you look at it this positively, it's you know the world trying to get back to a bit of normality, mm-hmm. back back to where it should be. Yep. Because in, interest rates, you know. Interest rates are so low because that was another lever that was used mm-hmm. to um, try to stimulate yep. um, business and spending. Yep. Right? Lower interest rates, people got more money in their pocket and yep. they spend it. Right? Now they've got to get, get back into a bit more balance because yep. right? it started. Yeah. And, and there's been a lot of, you know, again, not to um, digress too much, there's been a lot of conversation in the past around low interest rate environments actually prolonging unproductive business in the mm. economy mm. so it's terrible to say but businesses that otherwise mightn't have been able to hang on mm. um, have otherwise been given this lifeline and yep. and and in effect they're not they're not productive contributors potentially to the economy mm. um, and society in general and so a normalized interest rate environment would have otherwise allocated the capital more effectively and more mm. efficiently mm. so look I don't, nec- I don't necessarily um, subscribe to that theory. I'm just saying that, that it, is, it is what people have said in the past. So maybe a normalised interest rate environment isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Hmm. Yep. Watch this space. We'll see, what, um, see how it all pans out over mm. the, next, uh, the coming month. But, you know, there's talk that over the next year there, that there could be um, you know, rate rises of you know, 1 to 1.5% yep. cumulative. Um, yep. Which that'll that'll put a bit of pressure on on people who are who have high borrowings. Yeah. Uh, so so actually. it's an opportunity now to you know we've spoken about this in the past. Uh, put an eye over your budget, or you know whatever you do to use and control and contain your spending, mm-hmm. um, and and find some space in there. Um, hmm. You know, it might be a function that you're already paying a little bit more on the mortgage hmm. on a fortnightly, weekly, monthly basis. And in effect, the balloon is, you know, the pillow is already there to so- yep. soften the blow. So that's probably, you know, not a bad strategy. Um, if you're running it out, um, you know, right on the edge and that's the way you've been running life, well, you know, hey, look out. There could be a bit of a... a bit of a, to adjust. Yeah, yeah there yeah. could be a rude shot coming your yeah. way. But, you know, what, what has generally happened, I think, for, for borrowers um, is that as the interest rates have fallen quite quickly mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, most people would have maintained their payments at the level of the higher interest rate. Yep. I, I'm guessing, I'm, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that would be the case. So if your payments uh, based on a 4% interest rate were $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. people would have probably been continuing with that $1,000 a month. Yeah, when even their minimum required, became 800 Yeah, yep. 800 or yep. 700 yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. So um, the fact that there's an interest rate rise on their mortgage probably isn't going to be felt by them until rates or if rates rise above where they were two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and their savings is consumed. Yeah. So we might need to wait a while until yeah. the full ramifications of spending comes under control and yeah. subsequently inflation in the yeah. economy yeah. comes under control. My prediction, it won't be overnight. Great prediction. All right, owning shares. All right. Um, you've do you own shares, Steve? I do. I own shares. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to talk about the disadvantages of owning them directly. I know you always so like to have 
I you know, like the other side of the story and make sure it's balanced. Maybe we'll come up with some advantages along the way. But All right. when you talk about owning shares directly, what do you mean? Uh, having a broker account and mm-hmm. specifically going in and purchasing, you know, specific stocks on mm-hmm. the ASX yep. stock exchange. So you as a person or an entity mm-hmm. um, go and buy shares in BHP yep. or, you know, Commonwealth Bank mm-hmm. or whichever it is, yep. whichever company it's it is exactly that you want right. to invest yeah, in. A, a, yeah. a direct purchase into a company. Mm-hmm. As, oppo- um, as opposed to what? So uh, as opposed to maybe a superannuation funds, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a managed fund, as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe an exchange traded fund or index fund. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we've spoken about all those things on the podcast before, but those types of structures, managed funds and super funds, you're getting exposure to the share market um, through a manager, yep. someone who's selecting a pot or a parcel of shares and, um, and investing in them on your behalf. And doing all the hard work. Yep. And yeah. so me owning shares directly is is pretending to be a manager. Yeah. Um, well, you, man- you manage your own parcel of shares, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I take it that because you own shares and you brought up this topic today, that you are feeling some of those disadvantages. You're, you're, you've felt them. I, they're, I have. They're, they're sticking to you at the moment. You want to get them off your chest. <laughs> That's, and, and, what a, and what a better... Um, avenue or venue to do it yeah. on the podcast no i just look i know as i said i know you like to put the you know have the opposing the opposing positive in this instance being the advantage to mm-hmm. owning shares but i just wanted to run through some of the disadvantages okay, quickly that i that i've experienced recently mm-hmm. now you go and buy a stock you've got to get a whole heap of statements Mm-hmm. Um, dividend information, retain your cost base information if you're going to sell. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's it's paper intensive mm-hmm. straight off the bat. Now, more to the point with myself, I'm buying stocks to predominantly reinvest the dividend. I don't mm-hmm. want the dividend. I don't need I don't need the dividend at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to compound the wealth, um, mm-hmm. you know, continually reinvest it and continually grow that, that holding. Yep. And, you know, it's non-prescriptive. Like, I don't care when that occurs. I just want it to be reasonably benign. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, now, more recently, I had a stock mm-hmm. that I thought was doing that and it had been doing it mm-hmm. for the last... I don't know, five years. Yeah. Um, and very recently, it declared its dividend, and I saw the money go in my bank account. I went, mm-hmm. "What's going on here?" So I wrote to the registry saying, because in the past I've actually had issues with the registry not accepting my nominations for dividend reinvestment, mm-hmm. and it being you know them never actually lodging and completing yep. my requests, mm-hmm. and there being no trail to prove. <laughs> proof what my request was Um, anyway so that's another issue of owning the shares directly Um, long story short uh, they pointed out to me that the dividend um, reinvestment plan for that particular stock or company had been suspended Mm -hmm. during the interim dividend Um, I had to go into the company's financials they're not their marketing financials, which mm. is usually a glossy four or five pages about how they're going, but their thick you know, mm. statements, income and balance sheet statements, to find one sentence in there stating that the board of directors had decided to um, 
suspend the dividend <laughs> the dividend mm-hmm. reinvestment plan. So you know, literally had to control fine to find it. Mm. No reason why, no explanation to the shareholder as to why it had been suspended. Mm. So that anyway, that 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 fired me into a foul. <laughs> so, but, but if you had that stock as part of a managed fund. Um, the dividend still wouldn't be reinvested, would it? But what, what would happen? You know, what would be the alternative? You know, you, it's in a managed fund. The dividend can't be reinvested. The dividend gets paid through. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. And then, then you'd set up some sort of mechanism to make sure the cash was reinvested into the yeah, shares. Is that what you're saying? It's yeah. exactly right. And yeah. I could have done that in this yeah. instance. So yeah. Of course I can. I can yeah. grab it and go and buy it myself. Oh, but yeah. but, there's, but there's time, there's, yeah. the, you know, that's time. I yeah. also incur brokerage costs, mm-hmm. um, you know, of $29, yeah, $29 for... for yeah. Don't quote, you know, yeah. don't quote me on this. Yeah. I, I think maybe the dividend was... Sixty bucks, maybe yeah, it was yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah. I've got a, I've potentially got to go in and buy, you know, yeah, hundred dollars worth of yeah, shares. Yeah, spend yeah. twenty nine brokerage. Stupid. Yeah. Now, yeah, totally can bypass that issue through a direct managed fund. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, building on it further, mm-hmm. um, I went to this is you know again a separate incident with the, with the same with the same portfolio, uh, different stock. Went to go and buy five hundred dollars worth of a certain stock that I hold. Um, and got no got, got confirmation that the trade had, had um, processed, mm-hmm. and then couldn't see the stock. Couldn't see the additional stock. Had to go through the system to see that there were you know all these little you know click buttons and systems to mm-hmm. see you know filter through to see what was pending or cancelled. Had to click a tab to hit my cancelled trades, knowing that I hadn't actually cancelled anything. Mm-hmm. And it said in there. Um, you know, trade trade cancelled. Um, you know, one minute after I'd placed it. Now I got no notification of that. It was mm. just the fact that I had to go through the system to find out. Now, got on to the broker and said, "Hey, what's going on here?" Mm. Their excuse to me was because the I think the combination of the trade with brokerage was below five hundred dollars or something something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they said. Um, they weren't able to ex- execute the trade because it was too small of a trade relative to the size of the portfolio. Mm-hmm. I said, can you tell me where you kind of give people that guide on your website? Mm. So went to go and have a bit of a look on the website and basically they've reserved a right there to say anything under $500. If we don't feel like executing it, we can. Mm. Now, I've done plenty of trades that have been under $500 in the and past. They've been, been fine. Why mm. this one? Mm. Now, what's the resolution? Go in and do the trade again. That was my advice and guidance from them. So I've gone in, did the trade again, processed. Great. But, but you know, I've done it two days later after finding out what happened, making sure that I didn't have a pending settlement so I didn't double up the trade, which I've done in the past as well as another mistake mm. of direct shareholdings. Um, you know, to, to go through that process, I missed out on, you know, five, 5% upswing in that, in that stock that I could have bought two days previous. Not... Not concerned about that, but yep. but it just highlights like what a random little nuance mm. of of the broker to mm. and we're not talking about a small broker here, we're talking about a large broker. Um, so anyway, that that was a bit weird. So yeah, anyway, let's just bring it down, <laughs> uh, break it down. What some of the disadvantages, and you can say what some of the advantages are, and, and there are lots of advantages to owning direct shares. I just kind of want to highlight to people that, you know, maybe sometimes you want to invest and you want to build wealth. So some shares don't offer dividend reinvestment, which mm-hmm. I think are really important yep. if you're looking to compound that wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
some of them suspend their dividends, as you can see. Some of them have really weird trade metrics to say what you can and can't purchase based on the certain trade limit and the size of your portfolio. Um, lots of time. Yeah. Admin, admin, admin. Yeah. You know, that I've time, spent that time cost. Yeah, yeah. that time cost. Um, remember, I actually work in financial planning, and I still, you know, I don't want to admit the amount of time I've probably spent on managing this relatively small parcel of shares. Yeah. Um, it's pretty high. And, you know, maybe the nail in the coffin is, is when I compare it to my super fund, yeah. which is just pure index holdings, so, yeah. you know, pure pure index holdings. Um, so you're getting the, just a bit of all the top companies. Top yeah. companies, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. basically what we talk about all the time. Yeah. Um, that portfolio has outperformed, um, you know, the, yeah. my direct shareholdings. So, you know, over, over a pretty consistent period of time. So... Yeah, we better make it clear to everyone um, who may be contemplating, you know, using you as a financial planner in another form, that that you you don't actually manage direct shareholdings for your clients. No, I, I think that's actually <laughs> that's really important. I, I think that's a very important, um, a yeah. very important distinction. So anyone yeah. you know who's been listening for a while obviously knows that you know we preach. Index funds, you mm. know, um, that that's our so preferred passive low cost. Pa- yeah, passive yeah. low cost. Mm. So, hey, what's yeah. the saying? Practice what you preach. Mm. Um, look, obviously, I do uh, with with client money, but I, my own money in this instance, being my direct shareholdings, I'm, it, look, it hasn't been a dog of, of, mm. of no. performance. But all I'm saying is, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of hidden time costs that go into managing a small portfolio or a large portfolio for that matter. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Disadvantages of direct shareholdings. And, you know, the advantages are the opposites to those really. Like, you know, you could look at anything any any number of ways. You know, one of the advantages is that you cut costs. You, know, yep. you can cut costs, so you yep. don't have that, that layer of administration yep. um, that you would have, you would be paying for with, you know, with a, with a platform or mm-hmm. managed fund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it yourself. And that, yeah, that's the major disadvantage I can that's see exactly here. Right. So, you know, yep. you have to do all yep. that work that a managed type environment would be doing for you. Um, yeah. So. So you know, there's there's you know, there's there's also potentially more flexibility and more choice if you're, if you're doing, you know, many buying your own shares, mm-hmm. um, and you're not dictated uh, by the mandate of the of the managed fund or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. etc. You know, there's probably pretty good tax management. Um, ability in, in owning the stocks yourself, but then you can duplicate that to some extent with a platform. Yeah, um, yeah, you, yeah. You're, exa- you're exactly mm-hmm. right. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I think I uh, think no, just, you just wanted to have a whinge about how hard it is to. No, I, to, feel, to, to I feel like I feel like mentioning the broker, but again, I don't want to get sued. So mm-hmm. you don't um, need to. I'm sure that those sorts of issues would be widespread across oh, all the that, major that, that's yeah. exactly right I'm not and you know so it's not I'm not so much blaming the broker of course well the broker is not to blame the dividend yeah. reinvestment plan being cancelled by yeah. the company with yeah. no notification to the shareholder yeah. actually yeah, that's pretty poor form yeah. um, and although there was notification there was no reason yeah. um, you know really no basis for it so anyway long story short it can be pretty intensive it can be pretty dynamic Mm-hmm. And so they're all the things just to remember when you're going yeah. and buying and owning direct shares. Yeah. The other thing I see just quickly before we close off on that is that, you know, a disadvantage for many um, new investors is that they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, so they'll, they'll buy XYZ company because mm-hmm. their mate at the pub said, yep. you know, I know someone who knows someone who said yep. that's a good thing. And yep. then the next thing they go out and buy $1,000 of it, then it tanks, you know. 
um, or goes the other way. Who, who or, knows? Or, or, or or you know, ten X's, and and that mm. can actually be you know mm. um, that can actually be not, not so much a blessing. Mm. Um, that can be if you know, first try. Yeah, is, yeah, is the, a, yeah. That can't good one. Mm. sometimes mm. not a good thing. Mm. Um, okay, all right. Some disadvantages of owning shares directly. We've covered them. Well done. We have. Thank you, mate. Got that off your chest. It's off my chest. Good it's done. Way. I can I can you know put the nail in that coffin. Mm-hmm. Commonwealth Bank has announced a green loan. Mm-hmm. There's a few organisations around the yeah, country that do green loans. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Mm. Um, so, what's a green loan? Basically, if you meet the government's um, new build energy rating standards... Uh, Depends on the lender, but with this particular product, if you meet... Those, yeah, yeah. Those if you standards. meet these criteria, which is you know solar panels, electric uh, electricity only, I think some combination of batteries as well, mm-hmm. um, in a new build, then you're eligible for a lower interest rate. Yep. Um, for the that home loan. Yeah, for yep. that home loan. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so, I mean, I, I you know my view was, and this is again, it's my view. I as I said, I don't think it's a very dis- I think it's a little bit disingenuous mm-hmm. um, from the product provider or providers out there because, because there, are, there are more than one yeah, yeah, yeah there are more than one they, they do this. Uh, yeah and so you know you're actually incentivizing people who have more means to get a cheaper loan now is that fair for the people who so why are you incentivizing people with more means how, how, how could that... people who can spend more money on kitting out these homes right yeah. With panels, batteries, and potentially more expensive appliances. I read too that it'll only apply to loans uh, with a lower than an eighty percent or lower LVR loan evaluation ratio. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to have a twenty percent deposit plus deposit cost already. Um, so you're obviously you're probably then also looking at people who are a bit more affluent who are able to yep. save that deposit, etc. Yeah, yeah. But hey, that wouldn't it be good that some people can get a lower interest rate because they've got a greenhouse? Um, Guess, guess it would be. Why is the bank doing it? Why, why, why are these lenders doing it? Why? Because damn, damn, damn. Why are they giving money away? Not lending money at lower rates for green homes. What, 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 why would a bank care? Uh, I think a bank cares about its public perception. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the bank cares about um, carefully crafted marketing. Mm-hmm. I've got to be carefully crafted with my words. Yes. <laughs> I, look, I'm not, again, I don't know enough about the product, the process behind the decisions to, to actually offer this product. All I'm saying is I think that uh, one borrower mm-hmm. who potentially has less means and doesn't have the ability to spend you know forty or fifty thousand dollars on additional capital expense on a house mm-hmm. and has that doesn't doesn't necessarily have that twenty percent deposit, they're arguably subsidising this other loan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you, you could you could you could you could um, follow you know you could pull that thread as far as you wanted mm-hmm. with the lender, mm-hmm. and ultimately the person paying the higher interest rate is subsidising that lower interest rate on offer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and so my view is the person with more means in this instance theoretically mm-hmm. um, is justified. Mm-hmm. Is it equitable? So we're talking mm-hmm. about you know they're taking an ESG position. Mm-hmm. You know, environmental, social governance issue, yeah. mm-hmm. particularly around energy pollution. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they're also making it more difficult or making it more expensive for a lower means person to enter the housing market mm-hmm. with a lower rate. So, 
what, 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 where did the, so, you know, what my question is, where did the social, um, you know, where do you draw the social line, mm. I guess? And, and, and what's the motivation behind it? Yeah. And we won't know. We don't know exactly what the motivation is. Of course is. I don't know that. Will, I'm being, will, will this, you know, will this product make this particular vendor heaps and heaps of money? Nah. Even if they were charging a higher interest rate, it wouldn't make them lots no, of money of because it's probably not enough people that are that'll qualify for them to actually make a killing out of it. There's not a lot of margin in it yeah. either. Yeah, what you were saying is it sounds good. Yeah, it, it, it sends a message that they're their hearts you know, in the right place. Hearts in the right right place, and you know, good corporate citizens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the corporate citizen on mm. the you know the shoes on the other foot is the mm. is uh, what about the person that pays the higher cost? Yeah. And and ultimately, it's the person, as you pointed out, that doesn't have the twenty percent deposit mm-hmm. that has to pay the higher interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is that, you know, is that good governance? I don't know. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not running the bank, so I don't have to make those decisions. I'm just mm-hmm. throwing it out there. Um, You've got a couple a, of bees in your bonnet today, bonnet today, haven't you? You, you, <laughs> you know me. You stirred up. <laughs> I'm but not you really. Know, you, look, you look at that that green line, CBA green line, and you'd say, if you were giving advice to someone, saying, okay, if you meet the criteria. Um, then explore it because you're going to get a lower interest rate. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But but you know, you're not talking about that. You're talking about you know what's the knock on yeah. third and fourth con- mm. you know mm. third and fourth consequence mm. of you know doing things like this. Um, mm. And you know, my view, cynical mm. as it is, is that it's you know it fits into that sort of marketing juggernaut around greenwashing. Yeah, yeah, there'd be perhaps an element of that in there. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's very diplomatic of you. Be careful. Um, (laughs) But, no, listen, you could argue the same for lots of other things, couldn't you, in the lending space or or the world in general. So, you know, not all banks offer the same interest rate. So some some banks um, will provide, well, nearly all banks will provide a lower interest rate um, if you've got more security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if your loan evaluation ratio is lower, you're tend to get a better interest yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. Is that fair to someone who, you know, you could... No, so yeah. you, I, I totally it's, understand. It's sort, of, the sort of a corporate, you know, corporate world we live in, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I sort of you know, tend to tend to see these sorts of things as a gimmick um, rather than a real move to change the world. A real move to change the world mm. and a real um, business opportunity within the bank. Mm. Um so then you've got to say, well, one, what, what's the motivation? Mm. Um, now, we can all draw our own conclusions, we can. and that's what we're all allowed to do in this exactly. free, democratic country. <laughs> exactly. I just wanted to finish up on, on one thing, and we've talked about scammers before, but I saw, mm-hmm. a, saw a story just in the last couple of days about it went something along the lines of um, a woman um, received some money um, after the death of her husband. Mm-hmm. So it was either a super payout or an insurance payout. Quite a substantial sum of money. I think it was seven or $800,000. And she went online um, through some sort of comparison website, mm-hmm. um, found a term deposit rate that she thought was really crash hot, mm-hmm. and then followed the link through to the bank's website yep. and placed the term deposit mm-hmm. via direct debit or BPAY or whatever yep. she did. All right, so... Went from her bank account to the bank's bank account, term deposit set up, or so she thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually a scam link, um, yep. so it took her through to a dodgy'd up website, bank website mm-hmm. which appeared to be legitimate. Legit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then the money went to someone's bank account somewhere overseas probably and has never been seen again. Yep. So the story was around well hey how could um, how could how could her bank let that happen? How could her bank let her money go to yep. um, you know, another bank account, a dodgy yep. bank account? It just got me thinking. Now I feel very sorry for this person, mm-hmm. and she was, you know, obviously hoodwinked. But you really got to be careful when it comes to researching any investment you make. Yeah. Because right? there are plenty of people out there who are willing to take your money um, under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been avoided um, with a little bit of knowledge, maybe a little bit, bit of guidance from a professional. But if not, um, you know, you probably suggest that you would go directly to that turn deposit provider's yeah. own website yeah. um, and place it through there if you're going to do it. Yeah, um, or, or, or marry the information up that you're receiving from a website mm-hmm. um, or, or some other third-party link. But there is sophisticated fraud, um, mm. you know, uh, um, Fraudsters out there, yeah. and it's happening word. every minute of the day, you know. So, every, yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd bring that up. You know, it's a very sad case of a woman losing basically a whole life savings mm-hmm. through a mistake like that. But it was a mistake, and it could have been avoided by just a little bit of diligence, due yep. diligence, yep. Um, and being just being aware and having that that um, fraud radar on at all mm-hmm. times, yeah, which we need to have. Anyway. That's us. It's the wrap. That's the so wrap. We'll be back in a fortnight. Get on the Money Men Movement. Share us. We're on the Money Men Movement. We're um, yeah, Facebook. We're, we're on Facebook website, um, website um, Instagram. I think. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, share us. You know, um, do a review. Whatever, yep. whatever it is that you need to do to um, spread the word. That's exactly right. All right. Thanks for listening to our ramblings again. We'll, we'll talk again in a fortnight. All right. See, See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.